Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Happy Friday. These are these are big fake good mornings. <laughs> <laughs> Extra tired this morning. How's everybody else doing? I'm on my second cup of coffee already. It's only 6 a.m., 6.02 a.m. Today is the first morning that I am doing the show after playing hockey last night. And uh, it was it was a little tough getting to sleep when, when you get your adrenaline all going. And and it was still a relatively early game compared to some of the games you guys have. I'm a little concerned for the future. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it takes a while uh, to turn to turn the adrenaline off, to turn the mind off. I thought I'd just be able to go home and, and go right to sleep. But not the case. Not the <laughs> case. Uh, it is what it is, though. Um, we're here. We got up. Um, I like the fact that we have a reason to get up. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't had this reason since I left my job. Oh, today I would have slept forever. This week I would have slept forever. I've been so tired this week. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so it's been good. Yeah, having a reason to get up. Mm. Like I said, I haven't I haven't felt like this since since I left my job and uh um sorry, I haven't had a reason to get up since I left my job. Yeah. I thought that I'd be oh man. I thought <laughs> You thought, talked about a new new routine and oh, I talked about a lot of things. <laughs> big talker, I'm a big talker. Um, and it was like that for a while. I was really excited for the first couple of weeks. Um, I thought, man, I'm gonna have this entrepreneur mindset, and uh, I'm going to get up early every day, and I'm gonna have a cold shower. Have a cold shower. <laughs> I'm gonna meditate. I'm gonna do my affirmations. I've no fill it fill okay. In the, Fill in the blanks with every motivational <laughs> quote card says and every Wayne has never said I'm going to meditate and do affirmations, but I thought I'd get up earlier though. I thought I'd want to <laughs> get up. Um I mean, it's it's the truth is is that um you get comfortable. You don't when you don't have to get up anymore, uh it makes it difficult. It makes it difficult, but Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty happy that um you know, we started this and, and it's getting us up earlier every day. And is everything okay over there over there on your side? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just uh, sharing to social media. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, so we didn't really get a chance yesterday to talk about what we had going on the previous day. Um, it's been a busy week. Um, there, we are, we are spinning a lot of plates. Yeah, and we're well into... Um, it's, it's funny because it's just one week, but we're well into renovation and things are moving fast. And it's like, I don't know if I wasn't prepared or. Well, I, I thought know. I thought it would take them a little bit longer. I thought we had a few days to spare so we can work on some other things. Yeah. Um, we, we had a tenant move out. Um, last Friday. Last Friday. So we quickly got our, our, our other contractors in to repaint the, the suites. Mm -hmm. And we have a tub reglazer. Um, going oh, yeah, in today. Showing up this morning, yeah. Yeah, showing up this morning. So you know, just coordinating that okay. stuff, and um, I've got a new, a few new rent-to-own clients 
Uh, one, you know, is removing conditions. We're removing conditions for them next week. And it's 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 quite a bit of work with the hand holding and they want to review the condor docs and they want to review this and they want to review that and and uh, there's a lot of moving pieces. We gotta make sure that's you know they're being guided properly. Yeah, for sure. And we got a few other like little tenant things going on too. Like one tenant that broke a closet door, just just little fires, little fires everywhere where you, yeah. you know, just little here, little there, and it just kind of pulls your energy away. You got year end for our corporate taxes. May I also say, why is it so hard to find um, good and reasonably priced handymen these days? Because we have like mm. our regular handyman is, you know, like is doing our renovations now. Yeah. And then our old, the the guys that we used to use before they got into some bigger projects and stuff were actually thankfully available to do the rental refresh. Yeah. And then I was like, who the heck am I going to send to fix these doors for the tenant? And so luckily, um, one of our contractors was like, Gabby, just talk to me. Like, just tell me what you need. And if I can fit it in, I'll fit it in. So he- He's awesome. Yeah. Bless him. He went and did that for us. Um, while he was doing some other running around. So, yeah, but I, I called like some companies in Edmonton that are charging like their call out for two hour minimum is like $299 or something oh. like that. And then they charge like 108 per hour after that. I was like, what is this? Like to, to fix a door, oh, <laughs> 300 man. bucks. I you're, could have got a new door. You're right. Legit. I could have had a new door installed. Jesus. Wild. Yeah. It's um things they don't talk about, you know, up on stage at those real estate seminars. <laughs> How uh, to find a handyman. <laughs> yeah. It's you want to find someone. You kind of want to either find someone from someone you know, right? A referral, or you want to find someone off of like a buy and sell page who's reasonably priced but does amazing work. With and, great communication and like there's all these all these things that you need them to be and it's really hard to find somebody with all of them. Well, yeah, especially the handyman because you need them, you need to be able to contact them. They need to be available. They need to communicate well. So they need to understand it because you don't want to go drive down there and tell them exactly this is the door, this is the bedroom, yeah. you know, here is where it's broken. You, you want to have be able, confidence. You want to have confidence that yeah. you sent, you tell them something and they're going to go and be able to find it and do it correctly and you don't have to go and check the work. Yeah. And they need to be priced well. Yeah. Well, here's here's an example is um, we had a gate repair here in Leduc in the summer. And I was oh, like, yeah. I don't have a guy in Leduc. And um, so I was like, I need to find a guy in Leduc. So I asked around, got some on like community pages and stuff, got a referral. And this like, just like real simple communication, like nothing over the top. But I was like, whatever, <laughs> I'll go meet him there, get him started on the job or whatever. And then got there and he's just like, okay, well, what do you want to do about this? I'm like, dude, you tell me, like, you tell me how we're going to fix this. <laughs> and so I was like, well, we could do this or maybe this. I don't know. Like, well, what would you do? And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, we could probably do that. And I was like, okay. So then, you know, like he did it. And then he just like sent me a, a message being like, okay, it's done. And like, I guess what I'm getting at is that like, I want somebody to show up and be like, oh, yeah, okay, this happened and this is what you got to do. And, yeah. you know, like, we'll just pull this up here and, and put a strip of wood here and then it'll it should be all fine and good. And I'll be like, okay, great. 
get to work, I'll, I'll pay you when you're done type of thing. And it's just like, I shouldn't be telling you what you need to do to fix something. Yeah. So it's just, it could be frustrating to find people who have the confidence to just go show up and, and do the job and send the invoice. Yeah. It, it, these are the most, probably the most annoying and stressful things that we deal with. It's not, it's not finding the deal. I, I promise you there's deals everywhere. Um, you build a good you know, team, a realtor that'll find you deals. They'll find you deals. And then the diligence and the, and the transaction, again, good team. And, and, and you're laughing. Yeah. It's the random shit that comes up. It's when the tenant emails you about this or the, um, the, the builder next door to your property is demolishing a house and the chimney falls over and breaks your fence. Your brand new expensive Your brand fence. new expensive fence. <laughs> and you try and get them to replace it. And you've, or, you, know, you, you chase them down for six months. And then they, you know, now they're not there anymore. And they sold it to someone else. And the new builder says they're going to fix it by Friday. And they don't fix it by Friday. And when you call them, they don't answer. And two months have passed. <laughs> this is a true story. <laughs> I've been dealing with this for a year and a half and they still haven't fixed the oh we did fix the fence. We oh we did fix we the paid. fence. We paid eventually and fixed the fence. And then the new builder was doing excavation and they excavated the ground too close, the groundwork too close to the fence. And then that new uh that we paid that for we paid for fifteen hundred bucks. Uh now it is falling Broken over again. again. <laughs> and I can't get the guy. Um, and it's too expensive to take them to court. Yeah. So, and even trying to find someone to fix that chain link fence was a pain in the ass. Yeah. Everybody, it's funny. Every Like everybody is so busy. All of the trades are so busy. That's true. That's yeah. true. We're, we're struggling with that because we called another contractor because we had two jobs overlapping and he's like, dude, I don't got the guys and I don't have the materials. Yeah. Yeah, no guys, no materials. And it's just like, I feel like everybody's catching up from so much work that wasn't able to happen. And then without having supplies, they're like juggling going from, you know, like, okay, we're working on this job, but, you know, we have a delay because of the supplies. So we're going to try to squeeze in another job, but then we got to go back to that job. Mm -hmm. So like they're, they're busy and they're juggling and they're, yeah, I like, I feel for them, but like also we, gosh, we need people. <laughs> Do you think this is pandemic related? I do. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like down to everything. I, I think some of it is and some of it isn't because like also like sod, like the sod guys to sod lawns. Yeah. It's just like insane trying to find people. And for, yeah, for just like <coughs> landscaping stuff. And I mean, stuff is slowing down now. Yeah. Obviously, all of their jobs are kind of ending now that it's fall. But yeah, finding people to do even just like yard work this summer was hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that wild. was. Yeah. Again, these are the things that like that make a week busy. It's it's ridiculous. We should be focusing on like, you know, yeah. high level stuff and 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 acquisitions and other things. But this is the stuff that that eats up your time. And this isn't like, you know, tenant toilets things. It's it's um this will literally chew into a whole week. I mean, yesterday, what did you spend the whole day on yesterday? Kitchen cabinets? Uh yeah, kitchen cabinets and uh doors. <laughs> Oh <laughs> shit! Well, why don't we talk about communication with trades again? We 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 have good trades, and uh, there we we ran into a communication issue. Well, there's a so when when you're trying to be the wear the GC hat more or less, yeah. Um, 
you know, like we're, we're trying to save money and be involved. Like I have the, I well, I have the time, don't have the time. <laughs> I'm home so I can be involved. And, you know, so I've been taking on a lot of the like organizing of materials and that kind of stuff. And, and you're doing a great job, by the way. Thank you, honey. <laughs> um, yeah. Are, are we going to, do you want me to? Yeah. Okay. So we're replacing all of the doors and the flip that we're doing, like um, casing and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we went to um, to Windsor Plywood and mm-hmm. we're getting some, you know, like trying to figure out how much doors cost and all that kind of stuff, how long <laughs> it's going to take for them to machine them and deliver them and all that kind of stuff. So got all the information and um, found, found the doors that we wanted. That was really important. We didn't just want the regular kind of six panel doors at Home Depot. We wanted some nicer doors. So finally found the doors that we wanted, got everything together and, um, and called the contractor to get the uh, measurements. Yeah. So what do we need? Uh, What uh, with height and left hand or right hand. (laughs) And so got all the information, wrote it all down in my book uh, was actually was submitting the order. I was like getting ready to submit the order And um, we realized, oh, shoot, we forgot because we're developing the basement as well. We forgot to include the um, laundry room door and for an utility room door and the new bedroom door. Right. So we, um, we, well, we have, we have two contractors in there right now. They're, uh, they're buddies. They work together. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, so we, we called the other guy and said, can you get us the measurements? Because he was there that day. Can you get the measurements for the basement doors for us? So we sent them and I was like something seems wrong here because all of these door measurements that I have are all like in these kind of measurements and these ones seem quite a bit bigger. Why? And Wayne was just kind of like, I don't know. It's just bigger doors. And I was like, no, this, like this, something doesn't feel right. This doesn't make sense. Like, why I wasn't all, paying attention at yeah, all. Yeah, Wayne I'm was just, just like, kind of on, like on his phone doing some other stuff. Just order the said. doors. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, like something doesn't feel right. This doesn't this doesn't seem right. And I just had this like thing in my gut being like, no, Gabby, like this, this, no. And so I got Wayne to call the, or to, well, he ended up messaging the contractor being like, can you check on these measurements? Because this is what we have. He actually sent a picture of the measurements that I had written down. And, um, so in all of that, we realized that when I was talking with um, the guy the first time getting the measurements, he was saying things like two, four by six, eight. And so I was like 24 inches by 68 inches. Hmm. And I wasn't processing like what that meant. If I had thought about it, 68 inches high is like what, uh, five foot something. Yeah. So obviously a door is taller than that. But I was just like writing down numbers. I'm like, okay. He was ripping them off on the phone. Yeah, he was just ripping them off. There's like seven doors or something like that. Yeah. And so what we realized is he was being like two feet, four inches. Yeah. And six feet, eight inches. So uh, I was like so close to submitting an order that would have been 1500, 1500 bucks, bucks. Yeah. 2000 bucks worth of doors that were going to be specifically machined for us. And like waiting two weeks for waiting them. two weeks for them to realize that we had the wrong doors. I think it would have been hilarious if they got those doors in. Oh my God. I would have been mortified and i'm so like thank you intuition thank you gabby for listening to yourself (laughs) i I pray that 
I pray that they would have Windsor would have would have been like these seem like, small. These are <laughs> well, that is very Hobbit true. Doors. Yeah, they would have been like, uh, "Are you sharing those measurements?" I didn't think about that. They would have one hundred percent been like, yeah. "Girl, check yourself." <laughs> but, uh, it was it was a near miss on, but the importance of communication, right? Yeah, and this is this is what I mean about this is what we mean about having a good line. Of, like when you say something, the other person needs to understand it. When the other person says something, you want to be able to understand it. I'm the exact same way with everyone on my team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I Someone may say, you have to have this person. They're the best. But when I have a conversation with them, I need to be able to understand them and they need to be able to understand me. There needs yeah. to be a, a very clear line of communication. Um, because when I say something, I want to say it and I want to move the fuck on. And I don't want to have to think about that again. That's the whole reason for having a team. I don't want to be checking in to make sure they understood correctly. I don't want to be checking in to make sure that they're doing it correctly. So communication is, is extremely important. And when you're choosing your team, choose a team that you have a good relationship with and then they understand you. Yeah, absolutely. We've I, I, I can't count how many people we've we've hired and not fired, but hired and then moved and on. And never to another, hired again. <laughs> and never hired again. Um, because I'll look at Gabby and I'm like, what? What the heck did they just say? I did not understand a word they said. Did you did yeah. you catch that? And sometimes Gabby does and I don't, or sometimes I do and Gabby doesn't. But yeah, actually it's we're we're kind of funny in that way. Um a lot of the times if there's like an important meeting with like with something really important going on, we'll mm-hmm. make sure that we're both there, even if it's something that I'm not involved in or that you're not involved in. Yeah. Because we hear and understand things quite differently. And, um, people like somebody can rip something off and I can, and I can follow along and be like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But y- your mind is like breaking it down and yeah. like, and trying to like <clears throat> really make sure that you understood every aspect of what was said. So sometimes you're left behind in the conversation and I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then we keep going. And then you're like, but then later on, you're like, but what did he, what did they mean by that? And I was like, oh, I didn't catch that. But then I'll be like, but this is how this all fit together. Like, yeah. so we we kind of understand we not understand things differently, but we hear things and process things differently. So Ryan here says my wife and I are the exact same way. We I can pick up on completely oh, different yes. things. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's weird because um, we'll have simple conversations. And Gabby will say, oh, yeah, they, she said this. And I'm like, what? what? When the hell did she? And I feel like I'm slow. I'm like, how the hell did I miss that? Um, and yeah, yeah I, I, I think sometimes, especially during meetings, I'm overanalyzing. I'm on thinking about the intention of the meeting, making sure that I'm saying all the things need to be said, making sure I hear all the things that we have, the discussions yeah. that, 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 that I want to have. Well, and sometimes you drive me crazy because <laughs> you'll like, you'll really drill down on the questions. And be like, but if like, but if this and this and like, I've already got the answer. I want to move on. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. But Wayne say it. really wants to like drill it down and make sure that like everybody understands what's going on. And I'm like, no, 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 we got it, we got it, hon. And you're like, okay. It was pretty frustrating <laughs> early on when I, for you, when I, I, Gab, can you come to this meeting? I need you in this meeting. Yeah. Because um, I, I have really a good feeling based on this person, I don't think I'm going to be able to understand them. Yeah. Just the way they talk. Yeah. Everyone yeah some people just talk differently it's it's really hard to kind of put into words yeah um but i can i can name the people like i'm not going to name them publicly (laughs) 
but I can, I, you I can think of who those people are. Whenever I've got a meeting with this person, I'm like, Gab, I need you here. Um, otherwise I don't think that I'm going to fully understand what they're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, <laughs> wow. A 20, 20 minute tangent. Yeah. Um, I was like, wow, what's our topic today? <laughs> you know what? And I think going for it, I hate having topics. I hate it. Like I, yeah. I'll put a topic up there. Cause you know, we will talk about this cause, um, I ran into someone last night from my, from my old job, an old manager and it, First oh, time. did you? Yeah. First time I thought about my my job in a long time. Besides little, Al's little reminders. Yeah. <laughs> I I yeah, to be honest, I haven't really I haven't really thought about it much. Yeah. But um, you know, I ran into someone and uh made me think about it and I just wanted to talk about it a little bit and just give people, I mean, you want to know what we're talking about that particular day, but just tune in every day because I think it's better to to get a, a glimpse into what it's like being an investor every day. And Yeah. I would much rather focus our discussions and conversations around what we have going on at that particular time. Um, it gives you a better idea of what the day-to-day is actually like. Yeah, for sure. Um, as opposed to, you know. And hopefully you can like learn from us, like, <clears throat> don't be me. <laughs> I, I said this yesterday or the day before that like if you tune in every day for a year, I'm fairly certain you'll learn everything you need to know about real estate investing. Yeah. Um, and just take one course. That's it figure out what it is that you want in life, figure out how you're going to get to it, what strategy is best, um, how much passive income you need, and then that strategy to get you that. And then just go take one course. Whatever that strategy is, rent to own, agreement for sales, flips, wholesaling, buy and holds, multifamily. Which one am I forgetting? Um, Whatever. Yeah, stuff. You know, learning, <laughs> joint venture, raising capital. Just go take one course. Just focus on one thing and go do that. And, um, the rest and people do that, but, uh, I think it's, I think it's this, the, the, the meat and potatoes of it, the day to day that people get a little overwhelmed by, cause they don't have the certainty of knowing what do I do when this happens? What do I do when this happens? So I feel like if you start your day off, right, you get up early and you know, you listen to the show, um, we're going to be covering literally everything because our, our whole, our whole business, um, I, I say f- focus on one thing and then. Meanwhile, we have like 12 different things yeah. going on. <laughs> um, and, and and some people that, that will be, that'll be the case for some people and other people I'd say, keep it simple. Um, oh, we got a, someone who wants to call in today. I have no idea who it is. Hello. Hello. Hi there. How's it going? I'm, I'm going good. How are you? Good. Good. You have a question? Um, yeah, I have a um, question. Um, well, I want to um talk um tell you about um this um did um do you know about a day program? Uh, no. Did you have a question about real estate investing? No, I don't know anything about that. What is that? Okay. Well, well, once you uh tune in Listen, every morning yeah. and then uh and then you'll learn a little bit more. All right. I just want to say that um. I actually get stressed out on Tuesday and. On Wednesday, I just get stressed out because I just don't want to go to this friendship house. All right, so he is not a regular listener. No, um, and, and actually, we've heard we've heard about this issue because of the call in function. You yeah. you don't know who you're. Yeah, you can kind of get some spamming going on and that sort of thing. And hopefully, your day turns around. Yes, absolutely. We're sorry that you're feeling stressed out. Uh, we want to stay topic on topic today because uh, I have a hard enough time doing it myself. Yes. Um, stay on topic. Um, 
what were we talking about? I do apologize. You know what? I have no clue. Okay. Talking about our day instead of topics. <laughs> Completely lost my train of thought. Um, why did I leave my job? Why did you leave your job, Wayne? Because I was tired of the employee mindset. Uh, that that sums it up. Um, I'll get into that real shortly here. But before we continue, um, you want to do a giveaway? Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> now I want someone to call in. <laughs> Everybody's gonna. <laughs> and uh, and I got to make sure that this, you know, it's we got we got people who are, are here for real estate investing. So uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna do first caller in um, is gonna get a fifty dollars Starbucks gift card. Uh, compliments of Manzur, our guest yesterday. That was yes. a fantastic episode. It was. Yeah, yeah that was um, lots of great clips. I was um, I sent it off to my team yesterday and um pulling clips and uh and lots of great messages on and feedback from that uh Menzur is a super smart guy um but he is the second best choice for a podcast uh host co-host oh. <laughs> thank you yeah and uh he's given away a shitload of coffee yeah is yeah. that fair to say yeah he, <laughs> 100 um, bucks yesterday to ambrose who called in yeah 50 bucks today to a lucky caller. He actually, he donated $200 with a Starbucks gift card. Yeah. And, we're and gonna he have said rather than doing 200 yesterday, he wanted to give out uh, 150 and then, uh, and there's going to be more uh, coming out soon. So beautiful. Um, we stay caffeinated friends. Stay caffeinated. <laughs> and we have a winner. It's Thomas. Thomas. Morning, Thomas. Wow. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I was on yesterday for the first time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Did uh, did you have a question uh, about investing? Uh, yeah, I could come up with a question right now. I would say I'm 22. What would you guys do if you were my age right now? Uh, everything. <laughs> Real estate investing in terms of what, what vertical uh, to get into. You said a minute ago, pick one thing, go for that. I like that. So, mm-hmm. um, You have to start uh, with the end in mind. So you got to figure out how much you want in what do you want in life and then what that life is going to cost. Um, in order to live that life every single day, so with passive income or cash flow. So once you figure out that number, then you got to figure out how am I, you know, what what passive income vehicles am I going to get that are going to provide me with that amount of cash flow every month? And then those passive income vehicles, whether that be condos, houses, um, multifamily uh, buildings, uh, rent own buyers um, properties, you figure out how many of those you need, and then how much do those properties cost. And then once you have a, 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 a dollar amount to mm-hmm. 1 million, 2 million, $3 million, now you got to figure out how the fuck I'm going to get that 1 million, 2 million, $3 million. So you've, you've, you started from the end. Now you're working way back. Now you need to look at what resources do you have right now? You got lots of money? Uh, myself? No, I've actually just secured yeah. an investor. That's awesome. Nice. That's awesome. So now, now we got to do is you got to look at the resources you have right now. And say, how am I going to get to that amount so I can buy those passive income vehicles in order to give me the cash flow that I need in order to live the life that I want? So when you start with nothing, three, three, two, uh, three to five bedroom homes right now in a undervalued area. Uh, Which city? Uh, They'd be Pembroke. Pembroke, nice. Um, Yeah, right now, if you don't have any cash, uh, you're either looking for investors, um, which is great that you already found one. Um, If you're having trouble with Getting people to take you seriously, I, I can get that. 
you know, early twenties, um, you don't have any track experience. Uh, I would recommend getting into wholesaling or, um, bird dogging. Um, okay. wholesaling is, is, is great because it forces you to learn your market. It forces you to get out there and start negotiating, finding deals. And at the same time, when, you know, when you find a good deal and you wholesale it or assign it off to someone else, you're going to make, you know, a big paycheck, 5,000, 10,000, $20,000. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a great way to start. You're going to make some cash, some fast cash. You're going to work your ass off. You're going to learn lots and then just document the whole thing, document your whole journey. So that people see that you're out there, that you're getting deals, that you're negotiating, you're, you know, you're looking at properties. And then, uh, from there, when you're ready, start raising capital, more capital and lots of it. Wow. Okay. Now, thank you so much. This has been great. No worries. Um, send us an email at info at reimorningshow.com and we'll uh, get you your coffee. We'll get you your, your coffee <laughs> card. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. All right. Thank you, you too. too. Well, that's awesome. And he just started listening yesterday. Yeah. Right on. I. Wayne wishes he started when he was 22. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any regrets because I, I think I, yeah, I don't regret any of my decisions um, because uh, I know that in, in those decisions led me to where I am today. Yeah, 100%. And uh, it's kind of, you know, like the butterfly effect. You know what I mean? Like you can't go back and change things because, you know, you yeah, come back and then you look and then, you know, um, my daughter's not there yeah. or, or my wife's not there. Who is this woman? Um, <laughs> Why is she on my a, show? It's a, it's a creepy movie <laughs> where you look back and, 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 then you, and then you come back to, to you know, to today and, and and you don't have a supportive wife that's helping you. That's that's taking care of uh, um, doors, ordering and, and doors, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 filling all those gaps um, that that you know that are not your strengths. So I'm pretty grateful. But um, but for young people, I I mean, start as early as possible before you have those those commitments. You know what I mean? Before you have those responsibilities. Um, Sorry, I'm just gonna a, a spouse and children. Yeah, it's it, it's a lot harder. Yeah, it's absolutely. a lot harder. And 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 the reason it's harder is because um, it's not just you that you're taking care of. You have other people. Not to say that you know your 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 spouse is you're responsible for your spouse, but um, you have a role to fill. Whether that be half the income or all of the income, um, you have a you know a role as a as a husband or a wife to be present and loving. You have a role as a parent to be a father or a mother to be there for your kid, right? So um, there's only so much energy that you can put out every day. And then when you've, you know, you're three years into your career and you got a kid and you got a wife and all these commitments and stuff, that means that you don't have as much energy to give towards your business. So if you can grow your business and get it at a really good level early on before you have all those commitments, it makes things a lot easier. Because mm-hmm. um, those first five years of, you know, becoming an investor, they're fucking hard. Yeah. If you have the foundation laid and you've, you know, put the grind and hustle in already mm-hmm. before all of those other commitments come in, then you'll be more or less laughing because the first five <laughs> years is um, when you don't have resources like Thomas, you know, it, you just have time. Yeah. That's all you have to, you have to invest your time. Yeah. And if you don't have time to invest, you're not going to be a very good investor. Yeah. Um, if you don't have cash to invest, you're not going to be a very good investor. So early on when, when you use all the time that you have in order to build, you know, some capital and then start using your money so that you don't have to use your capital anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Like right now, if we didn't have resources, I would be the one out there painting that rental suite. I'd yeah. be the one fixing the fence because we didn't. Because Which we is where them. we started. Yeah. Yeah. We were fixing fences and painting rentals. <laughs> and now we look at it and we just call up someone and, and even though we're paying them, you know. Uh, Not $300 call outs for two hours, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, well, you know, you look at it and you're like, I can't believe I just paid $400 for that. Yeah. For that stupid little fix when I could have done it myself. Um, but that would have meant I would have had to spend half a day Yeah, because I don't know what parts to get and I get there and I think it's all good. And then I realize, oh, shoot, I forgot that. I run back to Home Depot. Right. Yeah. So, um, in the early on, you gotta, you gotta use your time. So, um, I, I wish I would have built more, but I'm happy for where I am. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm happy that I get to, to mentor and to coach new young people now. Yeah. And, and to, to shine a light on that and to show them, you know, what's possible to help them build that up. Um, so that, you know, when they have their kids, they've already established a portfolio and they, they can choose to be a full-time, you know, entrepreneur or investor. hundred percent. Um, cause uh, I know a lot of the listeners I could see on here today, you know, they have the, the family, the, the kids, the, the spouse, and they want to become a full-time investor, but they're like, I can't do that. I can't, I can't, I can't just pull the plug and just go out and just go all in because I got family that rely on me. Yeah. That was a big thing for me. Like, I, I, I can't do that. How, how could I, how could I, what, what if I fail? Mm -hmm. And that's a natural response as much as I hate hearing it. What if I fail? It's a natural response because you, you have to think about what is the best thing that can happen and what's the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. And when you have people relying on you, the worst thing that can happen tends to be um, the one that, you know, really shines the most. And the problem with that is, is that that way of thinking is actually preventing you from succeeding. Yeah. If you always have it in the back of your mind that worst case scenario, you know, I could like if, if you if you think through it and you figure out an answer and you're like, okay, I can give myself this much time and then worst case scenario, I'll go back to my job or worst case scenario, I'll go move in with my parents or worst case scenario, I'll go do this. If you always have those, those, those plan B, plan C, plan Ds, you're always going to fall back on them. But if you had no plan B, plan C, plan D, and the only plan was plan A, plan B is plan A, plan C is plan A. And that's it. You have it. You have to do it or you're going to fail. There's there's a different side of you that comes out. There's there's the animal that comes out that was willing to do anything in order to succeed. Anything. Yeah. And if you fail, what do you do? You don't fail. You you. You get back do up it again. again. Yeah. You get back up and then you come up with something new. You never it like it's you, you learn a lesson. And you get back up and you try something different. You get back yeah. up, you try something different. And if 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 you weren't around, Gabby, and and our daughter wasn't around, I would, you know, if I lost my house, fuck it, I'll get a new house. You know, I'll go sleep on the streets for a couple, you know, a couple months, and then I'd figure it out and I'd make some money and I'd, you know, I'd go find some, I'd go flip product, I'd go get couches and flip couches. I'd, you know, I'd flip appliances because they're in high demand. Hey, young people, go flip appliances and couches <laughs> or appliances and cars right now. Because mm -hmm. um, the pandemic, it's a great way to make money if you got a, if you got a vehicle. I do anything and I get back up and I do it again, and that. But I'm telling you, I I don't think I get to that point because if I didn't have a backup plan, 
I would stay up all night. I would make the calls right now and not on Monday. Yeah. Right. There's, there's a, there's a different side to you when, when you look to your kid and you don't have enough money to give them food, you know, think about all your apocalyptic movies that you watch and shows and you watch the families, they're all reasonable and civil you know, when things are okay. And then as soon as you pull away, you know, the basic necessities, basic necessities of life, water, food, gas, you watch people start like strangling each other for a loaf of bread for their kid. I'm not saying that you go and you kill or you steal, but you're willing to do whatever it takes in a situation like that. And that is how you succeed. You have to, you, you have to train your mind to think like that at all times. Like I will do whatever the fuck it takes. I hate using this example, but if there was a gun to your family and the person told you to go find $500,000, I'm fairly fucking sure you'd find $500,000 that day. But when someone says I need to raise $500,000 for this next multifamily deal, you know, why the fuck aren't you calling the person that day? You know what I mean? Because it, it'd just be a your nice back, thing yeah, to have. Your back's not against the wall. Back's not against the wall. Yeah. It'd be a nice thing to have. You know, if we could, oh man, if we could buy that 12 unit building, my gosh, be an extra $3,000 a month in cash flow. Oh man. And then we can go on vacations every year. And then once I got that first deal, I mean, the other deals would be so much easier, you know, cause I already have a 12 unit building. I'm sure that more people will be coming to me and wanting to invest. Why didn't you go and call them right away? <laughs> Why didn't you call those other people right away? If you're, if you're constantly just waiting for people to come to you, that's not the right, you know what I mean? You don't want it. You don't enough. want it bad enough. Yeah. But I'm telling you, if there's a gun to your, to your family and they told you to go get $500,000, you'd fucking find $500,000. You call everyone you'd know first, then you call them again, and then you probably go rob a bank. <laughs> <laughs> but, but before you rob the bank, you know what I mean? You call everyone. You don't give a shit what they think, right? Because they're not as important as your family is. And this is some real shit, some real shit. And people don't like hearing it because you're all too concerned about what people are going to think about you when you call them and ask them, well, they're they're not going to like it if I call them for money. they've, They've never been interested in real estate. Who gives a shit? At the end of the day, you really need to get clear on who's in your really close circle and what what is most important to you. I talked to you know Thomas about like figuring out what you want most in life. You kind of have to paint that picture of what you want your life to look like every day and who you're going to be spending it with and what you're going to be doing and who you're going to become. And if if these other people aren't in that painting, that picture, then they are not important to you. If you want to have live an amazing life, these, these big Grant Cardone, Learjet lives, lives. You, you, you really do need to close in your circle and not give a shit about some people because they're not that important to you. It's the truth. It, 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 it's not cool to hear. It's not fun. It's not exciting, but it's the truth. If you want to have, you know, reach those big audacious goals, you're going to have to cut some people out and you're going to have to have some conversations with people and they may not like it, 
and they may not like you anymore, but it doesn't matter because the good thing is that can come out of that is they may like it. Yeah. And they may see that you're more confident. They may see that you don't give a shit. And that might actually be what they're looking for. Yeah. And if they're not looking for it and they don't support you, not, 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 not that I say that they don't support you financially, but they're like, they don't support you and, and they're not, they're not building you up every day. They're not rooting for you. And they're not, you know, a, a prospect for your business. You probably shouldn't be spending so much time with them. And would you rather stay where you are and have your current circle around you? <clears throat> or would you rather reach your dreams? Those things that like you want out of life, would you rather become that new person and live that dream life with only people who really support you? It's because those people can hold you back mm -hmm. from achieving what, what you want in life because yeah. you're too scared to step into a new role or become a new, a new better version of yourself because of what people might think. Mm -hmm. So you, you really have to think about, are you willing to just stay where you are and have no growth to make other people feel comfortable? If they're just good people. I'm like, I, I get it. Like they're really nice people. They, you go out for drinks with them, you play sports with them. They, you know, you laugh with them, but you can find new people like that. There's plenty of new friends to be made. Um, you look back in school and had you not met that person, you would have met someone else and they would have become your best friend for life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, it sucks. You're going to lose your best friend for that you've had since grade school and and you've been through so much together. And if they mean that much to you, then keep them around because maybe they will come to that, you know, that dream paradise that you're building or that, you know, that cabin, you know, on the, or that, that cottage on the lake, whatever it may be for you. Uh, maybe they will come and visit. And if they're that, if they mean that much to you, then, then they will still be around after you've asked them to invest with you, after you've asked them those tough questions. The ones that think less of you and the ones that, you know, fill in whatever negative thought you have about, well, if I go ask that person, they're going to think less of me. Well, if they think less of you after you ask them or after you made your pitch, then they're probably not supportive for you. Mm -hmm. And they're not the kind of people you want around. You will find other good friends. This, this mindset right here, this entrepreneur mindset, this success mindset, that the shit you have to do, the way that you need to think, you need to be selfish. You need to be a fucking ruthless monster is what you need in order to be successful. And the reason why I left my job was because I was still living in an employee mindset. And still, after work, I was trying to be an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and trying to have an entrepreneur mindset. I talk a lot about pivotal moments and like where I was when I had a conversation or where I was when I came up with something. I remember what yield sign I was at when I had this realization. I was driving to work I was yielding to merge into traffic okay. and I stopped and I, I realized, holy fuck, I'm waking up every day. I'm putting on coveralls. I'm brushing my teeth. I'm getting in my work vehicle and I had a great fucking job, made great money, not hard work at all. The bar was set really fucking low and making, you know, six figures every year. No problem. Lots of overtime. Great. I built my real estate investment business while I was working, yeah. not while I was working, like I wasn't doing any work. I mean, like there was so much downtime, downtime for yeah. me to be able to think. 
You know what I mean? It was, yeah. it wasn't taking up any space in my head. I was able to think. And when I was driving, I was making calls. I was being productive after work. It just complemented it really well. Not a lot of people get that. Some people are on the, on the tools and they don't have that ability. Mm-hmm. But even with that, I struggled with my mindset because I would go to work. I'd throw my coveralls on, you know, I'd brush my teeth every morning. I'd bring my lunchbox and my, and my, my coffee travel mug and I get ready to go be an employee. And that mindset was taking, it, it conflicted with my entrepreneur mindset. Yeah. The, I got to do whatever the fuck it takes in order to get this deal done. I couldn't wait until five o'clock. And then at five o'clock, I've got my, you know, my family mindset. Like I, okay, I got to come home. I got to say hi to the kid. I can't just go park around the corner and do all my phone calls and not come in till seven o'clock, which I did a lot. Or I'd park outside the front of the house and the kid would be banging on the door or the window. <laughs> like dad, come in, dad, come in. I'm like, just a second. I've still got this 20 more minutes of this phone call. Cause I couldn't get my phone call done until at the end of the day. And then I got to be a good dad rather than just being like, daddy's got to go do a meeting or he's got a Facebook live because he's got to teach some people about real estate investing. So it was, it was extremely conflicting. Well, and there was also the aspect of, um, of decisions being made based on the paychecks, right? It was like, okay, there's, you know, overtime available this weekend. And it was a decision based on bringing in the paycheck opposed to what could be done outside of that on the business to bring the business forward, right? So you're, you're really tied to that paycheck. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I remember my thought process. I remember my mindset, like, because I I hated it so much. But then, you know, we would say those things. Well, Wayne, you know, we really need that money. And then I'd be like, nope, this weekend I'm taking it off and I'm going to get all this stuff done. And then I'd roll out of bed in the morning. I go make my coffee. I go sit on the couch and I do fuck all the whole weekend. Yeah. And then I'd be pissed off on Monday at myself. Like you lazy son of a bitch. What the fuck? You could have been working. Yeah. And like, I can't you believe that thought. I could have made $1,200 in overtime. I could have for sitting in your vehicle, watching, a f- waiting for someone to finish welding something and, you know, watch six hours of Netflix while you're waiting for them to, to, you know, to finish the thing that you need to inspect. I hated myself for it because what am I doing at home? I'm watching fucking Netflix all day. You could have been in your cover all in your vehicle making, you know, double time. It's funny as a side note, like when you think back to those types of things, it's like you, you mentioned like the lunchbox and the travel mug and stuff. And like that brought back like memories of me having to like warm up your travel mug with hot water before I put the coffee in so that it stays warmer longer. (laughs) And like you having to think about like, I was just like, oh, I hated doing like helping you get your coffee. And then like um, for you, like making sure that you downloaded Netflix shows before you left the Gotta house make sure I download so I don't use data. <laughs> and having to worry about like the um, gigs on the phone being eaten up or whatever it is. The Yeah. I used to yeah. any gigs, too much data. Yeah. So then your data would slow down and you'd be cursing that you couldn't do anything on your phone because your data is like eaten Been up throttled. for the month. Yeah. So it's just like, uh, it's just like this discussion just brought back like all of those memories of you having a job. Idea. Last time I thought about work, the last time I thought about work was a couple months ago where my my normal travel coffee mug was dirty. It was in the dishwasher and I didn't have my regular one. 
And I'm like, fuck, like, I don't want to bring a coffee mug because this highway is too fucking bumpy and I'm going to spill my coffee everywhere. And I was going to an important meeting and I'm like, I can't spill coffee. I'm, I'm like <laughs> my pants before I go to this meeting. And I'm like, fuck it. And I look and I found my old thermos travel mug and I filled it up and I got in the car. And as I was driving, I told Gabby, I'm like, I fucking hate this thing. Why is this still in the house? That coffee mug was a reminder of what my routine used to be like in the morning. And it made me fucking sick. I, I didn't even want to drink it out of that mug because it brought back all the memories of like how I was such a lazy son of a bitch before because I was in an employee mindset. It, that was it. When I, when I hit that yield sign, I realized I'm doing great things. I'm way ahead of everyone else, which doesn't matter. But for me, it does. Like I'm doing everything that I possibly can but I could be doing so much more. And it wasn't the fact that I was going to work every day and working eight or t- eight or 10 hours. It was the fact that I was still in an employee mindset that I wasn't getting more done. I could have done so much more in the evenings and on the weekends, mm-hmm. but I wasn't because I was in a completely different mindset. Yeah. You needed to break free of that in order to fully commit and enter the entrepreneurial mindset. So I go in to that client that day and we leave our shop at 7 a.m. I left at 7 a.m. Traffic, had to stop and get gas, normal stuff. Vehicle didn't have gas. You go get gas and everything else. I get to my client which I'm going to do inspections for. And I got there at 7.17. He expects everyone there by 7.10. It's only a 10-minute drive. But I had to stop for gas. And there was a little bit of traffic. Instantly, he grills me. Instantly. He's asking questions. Where were you? Why are you, why are you seven minutes late? I said, what do you mean? I drove from Edmonton to Sherwood Park. Like, it's... Give me a break. And I, I me, uh, trust me, I didn't. I didn't say it that way. I was... Just super respectful. Oh, yeah, sorry. I had to stop and get gas, and then there was a little bit of traffic. But uh, I'm here now. What's up? What do you got for me? And uh, he wouldn't let it go. And he said, you know, I'm going to have to call your your dispatcher, right? <laughs> and I said, if you got to call my dispatcher, call my dispatcher. But there's GPS and everything else. I promise you I wasn't, I wasn't just sleeping in for seven minutes. And he would not fucking let it go. And then he kept death staring me. Like he was expecting me to say something. And then he handed me my request and he's like, everything's on the shop floor. So I go down there and then I got a call that, hey, uh, I got a call from the clients and, you know, you, you might want to leave maybe five, 10 minutes earlier and, and feel free to charge us for it, you know, but uh, they really, really, really want you there at, at, at 710. And I said, yeah, that's cool. But like, I don't really like how I was being talked to. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't, I don't need that. And me and my other mind, I'm a successful real estate investor. I'm growing two amazing businesses. And at that particular time, it was very early on in our new financing business. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't, when, when you have that, when you're in a position to say, I could leave my job, I could, but I stay here because I'm making six figures and it's not very hard work and I get great benefits mm-hmm. and, and I got a great pension. To be in a position to be making, all, to have all those things and to be able to say, you know, I don't need this job. I didn't say it out loud. Makes you think differently. Yeah. And I'm looking at that person and I'm like, you son of a fucking bitch. I don't need to be here. I don't need to be putting up with your shit. And I'm way fucking better than you. 
Yeah. It's not the not, not the greatest way to be thinking, but but the way he was treating me. But he's the boss and he thinks he's king shit. The way I was being treated like yeah. that? No, like no, not not a fucking chance. Yeah. You are below me. That's that's how I felt when he was treating me that way. Yeah. And so I went and I did my work. End of the day, you know, I'm doing it. He's still giving me that fucking look. And he was a really nice person. We've had no issues before that. He treated me like I was below him. And this is a client. You know what I mean? Yeah. He treated me like I was below him. The way he looked at me, very quiet, signing, looking back up at me, goes back down, signs documents. And then he tells me at the end of the day that um, I don't want to see you here at 710 tomorrow morning and I don't want any excuses. <laughs> and I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And then, then I left. And then it was the next day that I finished the work and it was a Thursday. And um, I got a call. And uh, it was my employer saying that we have a, a shutdown coming up. Basically means that shutdown or turnaround seasons in our industry, oil and gas, means that you know a refinery or a plant is going to be shutting down and they're going to be doing scheduled maintenance. For us, that's our big bread and butter. Like you get a couple, you get on a shutdown, you're on for two to three weeks, you're working two to three weeks straight, 12-hour shifts. I mean, you, that's when you make all your big overtime. That is shutdowns and turnaround season is how I paid for my first property. You know, saved up all the money. Um, yeah, in just a few weeks. <laughs> basic kind of thing. You're all sitting. You're sitting with all your friends, other employees, in a, in, a, in a big room, and you're just kind of waiting for jobs. It's pretty laid back, and everyone's just reading newspapers and watching stuff on their phone. It's pretty great. And they wanted me on night shift, and I'm like, fuck! Like I've got so many meetings that I planned out for the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. after work. You know, at five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, I'm planning because I'm trying to work around my job, and it wasn't necessarily the working around my job part about it, but it was like. I'm going to be working 12 hours a day for the next three weeks. And yeah, I can reschedule these things. But like, how am I going to manage to to find the time to do these meetings in this mindset? Mm-hmm. And uh, what I ended up doing was I said, yeah, I'll talk to my wife and I'll get right back to you. And then I called him back an hour later and I said, hey, I just want to let you know I'm, I'm done. I talked to Gabby for 15 fucking minutes. She had no idea about this other stuff that was going on the day before. I talked to her for 15 minutes. Yeah, this is like, I, this is literally the first. <laughs> and I said, I'm just going to leave. And like I said, we had the cash flow to be able to do it, but like not enough cash flow to, to, for me to feel comfortable enough to do that because cash flow can change any time. Interest yeah. rates can go up, rents can go down. Suddenly your cash flow is gone. We have great reserves to cover repairs and maintenance and that kind of stuff. But like, you don't pull the plug unless, you know, I, for me, like I, unless I have three times as much as what I need. Yeah. Because there's a lot of variables that are outside of my control. Um, but it was, it, that was it. That was, that was why I decided to do it. And, and I said, Gab, I, I, I got to stop this. I need to put all of my energy into this new business because I'm not putting enough into it. Mm-hmm. And the things that I need to do in order to get this business to grow I need to be in in my best fucking state every fucking day. Yeah. I need to wake up like an entrepreneur. I need to wake up. I need to work out. I need to I need to get showered. I need to get the kid to school. And I need to be doing this all day, every day. If I can put all of my energy into this, then my full potential is being put towards it. Yeah. And I and I did for a few weeks. <laughs> and then I started sleeping in. But what I was able to accomplish the next couple of months, unbelievable, unfucking believable what I did. Yeah. Like staying up until two o'clock in the morning and calling people overseas, you know, to get mm-hmm. a hold of them because I, 
they wouldn't respond to my email. So I had to wait until two o'clock in the morning until it was morning for their time and be able to call them to, you know, get through their, you know, their office to get, you know, have that phone call that I needed to have. I did whatever the fuck it took. Whereas I couldn't do that with my job. Even if I could, I could have stayed up and I could have stayed up all night and worked the next day. I would have. Yeah. But But you weren't in the mindset. But I didn't because I'm just like, oh, okay, I'll just wait and they'll respond. And, you know, wait, wait until Monday or I'll wait and see if they respond, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. No, you were relentless. And since then, we've created more income since I left through our business and through additional cash flow in our portfolio Mm -hmm. than we did before. Mm -hmm. So now I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's, this isn't, I w- this isn't a hip hip hooray to all go leave your job. It's not. It's um it's it's not for everyone. And and that doesn't make me better than anyone else either. Because you need to be clear on what it is that you want in life and I know I knew exactly what I wanted and who I wanted to be and in order for me to reach that, I could not continue to go to work every day. Yeah. And you would have been miserable. You need to know who you are. And, you know, like what you're capable of, and then you need to live that out. Otherwise, like, I just think if you were in that same, if you stayed in that mindset and just worked your, for your entire life, you'd be one miserable SOB. I would have been depressed. Yeah. Because I'm not reaching my full potential yeah. of what I wanted to become. And you know what would have been much better? You know what I, what I dream about some days? What? Is that I wasn't like that or I'm not like that. And that I, we could have just taken all the cash flow and worked eight, nine months out of the year and spent the summers, you know, on, you know, at a cabin, at a cabin yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Buying a cottage with a boat. We could have totally done that. We could have taken the cash flow, the extra cash flow. And I could have had an amazing job with benefits and an amazing pension and made a hundred and some odd thousand dollars a year. And we could have just really had an amazing life and I could have spent more time with my kid and more time with my wife and not having to have taken, you know, weekend work. I wish I had you. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like mine is not any, any, any better than yours. I'm not a harder worker than you are. It's just, I'm fulfilling what I want most out of my life. And I'm trying to provide what my wife and my family want the most as well. But, and, but something you just said is like an amazing life, making that much money, having a, cottage and whatever else but that's an amazing life to somebody but that's not an amazing life to you no so that's something that people think this is what i want that's the picture you just you just mentioned the picture perfect what everybody should want right yes but that's because the hallmark yeah yeah the hallmark but that's because everybody's told that's what you should want yeah and you know that that's not what you want yeah and you wanted more you needed yeah. more and if we had that life <clears throat> Like you just said, you would have been depressed. The The business that I was building meant a lot to me. Yeah. It wasn't just a financial thing. Um, it, it meant a lot to me because I, it had a purpose and I was helping people. So um, the fact that I, I was not reaching my potential for that as well sooner was really bothering me. And um, I feel like it would have been my one of my biggest regrets in life that I didn't do that. Um. I'll admit, I still had the thoughts in the back of my mind that worst case, I could always go back to my job. And I did have a ticket. I am certified. Great relationship. That was one of the things that they said when I, so I, after that, I, they're like, okay, Wayne, um, write in your letter of resignation, I guess. This is out of the blue. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so when are you thinking like two, three weeks from now? And I said, no, like today. And I said, like, if you, if you, if you need to, if you need to go about, you know, legally, you know, and telling me that I need to do two weeks, I'll do two weeks, but like, I, I'm not doing that night shift shutdown. I'm like, I, I can't. And I feel like, you know, if, if you guys can go about doing it without me, that would be great. And they're like, uh, yeah, well, we'll think about it. And, and they ended up doing it. So um, I showed up to my next shift, which is Friday. Afterwards, I brought in my letter of resignation and that was it. And and I had a manager, um, you know, come over and he's like, hey, like what? Because he, he didn't know. And I I used to work closer with him. And he's like, I, I didn't know. And but this all is so random. And but he was happy for me. And he shook my hand and he said, um, if you ever want to come back, um, doors always open. And I, I, I almost wish he would have said the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> because in my mind, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming back. I, I don't want that. I, there was, a, there was a, there was a great Robert Kiyosaki, um, um, thing that Robert Kiyosaki says about when he left his job at Xerox in his last paycheck. And, um, it's very similar to that. Like, I know I'm not, even if I do fail, I'm not coming back cause I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to fall back on that. If this business fails, I'm going to build another business. Yeah. I'm going to go and steal and kill and, and do whatever it takes in order to make sure my family has food on the table. Okay, Wayne. He didn't I, mean but that. That's my, <laughs> but that's my mindset. Like, I'll do whatever the fuck it takes. Yeah. Um, live that way. And if your goals are just to get two multifamilies, you know, or to get a couple, um, three suited houses to bring in an extra $2,400 a month in cash flow, so that you can go and, um, buy a cottage and have a boat and stuff like that. You need to think that way in order to get it. And I, I give it a shot. No, don't give it a shot. Just absolutely do it. This do is hundred percent what's necessary. <laughs> I see so many, so many people. Do whatever needs to, to be done. <laughs> trying to live the employee mindset and, and trying to get that done to raise three hundred thousand dollars, it's yeah. You won't you won't reach it. Some people do, but and the other part of it, like I said earlier, is the fact that the people on the other side of that table that you're asking to invest with you, they can see it, they can sense that you're not a hundred percent all in on it. Yeah, because you're you're asking them, and then you're not telling them. You're not, you know, they can't see the passion behind it. Before we get going, I actually just want to play a clip. Um, I actually, I actually pulled up the the rich versus poor mindset. Robert Kiyosaki, oh, did you? I was talking okay. about. Yeah. So I'm gonna play that for you guys, and um, hope you guys have an amazing weekend. Go out there and and do what needs to be done today, and uh, we'll see you on Monday morning. My last paycheck, I still remember it clearly. It was one of the worst and the best days of my life, and I was in Puerto Rico. I was in, I was working for Xerox. And my boss gave me my last, it wasn't a paycheck, it was a bonus check. I think it was about 30,000 bucks taxable. It's the only problem with that. So I got this check and I went, holy mackerel. You know what I mean? So I was excited, but I was also disturbed. And so this other guy comes up to me, his name was John. And John says to me, he says, you're going to be back. I said, why? He says, because you're going to fail. I looked at him and said, look, a few expletive words because that's what he did. He left Xerox, failed, and he came back. And I said, look, da-da-da, 
you failed and you come, came back, but I'm going to fail and I'm never coming back. And that's the attitude. Do you know what I mean? If, yeah, if, if you say, well, if I fail, I'll go back to mommy and daddy, then that's what you'll do. So if you fail, that's when I became an entrepreneur because I had no money. I had no money for years. You know, I didn't have a paycheck. But that's what my rich dad encouraged me to do. He says, when, you're, when you don't have this paycheck, you get hungrier, smarter, and it's a test of your character. Will you become a crook? Will you become dishonest? Will you cheat and steal? Or will you become a better human being? So really, that's the benefit of becoming an entrepreneur. You really find out who you are when you don't have anything. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.